there's, there's something that you need to know uh, that each, each person here, one of the things that's really important in any recovery ministry or program is a thing called anonymity. Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, for example, anonymity is an important trait. And yet here in this moment, these folks here and the people that will give their testimonies are taking great courage to allow their story to be told. And so uh, just would you receive that with great care and responsibility as we all share our lives and our stories with you here today. Thank you so much. Thank you everybody who participated. Well, if, if we haven't met, my name is Eric. I'm one of the pastors here. And it's just such a great celebration uh, here on this Sunday to honor and to recognize what God continues to do in our Celebrate Recovery ministry. And I want to do that by piggybacking off of what I shared with you last week when we talked about how we are now standing in the new covenant era that there were several covenants that Israel lived under and that there was prophecy for a new covenant and that through Jesus' life, death, death, and resurrection, we now are living in this new covenant where we have full access to God and through a relationship with Jesus, we have a vibrant, flourishing, lively relationship with Jesus Christ. And so many of us proclaim that here uh, this morning. And so to talk about uh, to piggyback off of that, we're, we're going to uh, address the new covenant that we're living in, but specifically how we become changed through that process. And there's biblical language for that, which is that we now are a new creation. So I want to read for you out of the book of 2 Corinthians, and you can follow along in a Bible that you might have brought with you, or there's Bibles there in front of you in the, in the pews. You can follow along. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting with verse 16. Of course, it's on the screen uh, as well. It says this. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf. Listen to this. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I've shared with you many times the time, the moment in my life when I turned my heart and my life over, over to Jesus. It was kind of an interesting time because I had grown up in the church. My dad was a pastor. I knew how to do church. I knew how to do religion as it was. But the Lord began to speak into my heart that something was missing. And through some friends and through some counsel from others, I began to realize that what was missing was a, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so through the leading of my, count, uh, the people giving me counsel, mentors, and also friends, 
I gave, I turned my heart and my life over to Jesus. And from that moment, everything changed for me. Let me tell you something. From that point forward, somehow I only got perfect grades in school. I always just knew all of the right things to say all of a sudden. Nothing foolish ever came out of my mouth. I know it's hard to believe, but nothing foolish came out of my mouth. Suddenly, everyone loved me, and I was extremely popular. I never had a worry after that. Like, I never had any fear or anxiety. Everything just went smoothly. And by a miracle of God, I somehow developed an extreme sense of fashion <laughs> and wore all the, the coolest clothes. And would you believe it, too, that I, I didn't need to wear deodorant anymore because my body odor suddenly smelled like roses. I told you, every, everything changed. <laughs> now, if my wife were here to share her side of the story, she would be giving, there's a reason why I didn't invite her up <laughs> to share. Obviously, you know that that's, that that's foolishness. Some people, they do have these dramatic conversion experiences, and I've seen some amazing things happen. I, I, I've seen addicts, on a make a turn on a dime, invite Jesus into their heart and life, and they no longer have a, a, a thirst or a desire for, for drugs or alcohol. I, I've seen people physically healed when they turn their hearts and their lives over to Jesus. I've seen dramatic conversion scenarios in, in stories, but there's also a whole host of other conversion experiences and stories that are not so dramatic, that don't have that clear-cut change from one direction to the next. And I don't know why some are more dramatic than, than others, but here's what I do know, that whether we have had a dramatic conversion experience, whether we had a dramatic change in our lives after uh, we turned our hearts and lives over to Jesus or not, all of us, all of us, all of us are a work in progress. That God does not just simply choose one moment to do his, his transforming work in us and that it is constantly ongoing. Even as believers, even after we turn our hearts and our lives over to Jesus, we still are a work in progress. It's like what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter four. He says, put away your old self. He's talking to believers here. Put away your old self and clothe yourselves with a new self. That is the, the, the Christian journey. The churchy word for this is, is called sanctification. And it simply means that God is molding us and shaping us. It is a way of becoming. We are becoming something new. And that new is more like Jesus. That's the story for each of us. And what I love about CR, Celebrate Recovery, is that it really, even though that's our perception, is that it's for the special cases you know, people that have a testimony, people that have a real story of, of conversion, even though it's our impression sometimes that that's what that ministry is for, it really isn't. It really is just the place where we more freely come to terms with the truth. And the truth is that God is continuing to work on each of us and that we all have our issues. Uh, Rick Warren, uh, pastor and author, um, is one of the co-founders of Celebrate Recovery. And he says it like this, that there's two types of people in this world, those that need recovery and know it, and those that need recovery and don't. 
Or what we like to say is, if you don't think you have any issues, please come to CR and we'd be more than happy to find some for you. (laughs) So one of the uh, phrases that we use to describe God's continual work on us is three words, hurts, habits, and hang-ups. The hurts speak to how God reaches into our wounds, the wounds particularly of our past, the scars that we carry, because we know that these wounds surface themselves in a variety of different ways of dysfunction and brokenness and sometimes harmful addiction. We talk about habits, those things, those patterns, those things that have mastery over us that we feel out of control on, and we bring those to God and ask God for his release. And we have our hang-ups, those attitudes, anger, jealousy, resentment that we hold in our feelings, in our heart, in our mind, but also come to the surface in a variety of different ways, many of them harmful. Everyone, all of us, all of you, all of us have hurts, habits, and hangups, and, and CR is the place where we can name it, where we can own it, and we can come alongside one another um, and present these to, to the Lord for his healing and for his recovery and his redemptive power. And so uh, I have uh, three of my friends that are gonna be sharing with us here this morning uh, that represent, their stories represent each of those hurts, then habits, and then hang-ups. And they're they're powerful stories about how God reached into these lives and did his transforming work, and I hope that you're blessed by them. Good morning. I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who is helping me have victory over sugar addiction and helping me also with overeating, anxiety, and codependency. And my name is Mary. Hi, Mary. I was raised in a large Catholic family, the third of six children. I remember the cookie drawer being a source of comfort and hard to stay away from even at an early age. I share this next incident because after talking more openly with people, I know many others have endured some form of trauma in their life, some one incident and some ongoing. It can be hard to talk about. You are not alone, and God loves you and cares for you very much. At age 12, I and a friend had a frightening experience. We were walking home from the store, and a man in a car said he was an undercover officer and he showed us his badge and said we were out past our curfew and he had to check us for drugs. A very traumatic experience followed. Afterwards, I found a payphone and called the police station asking if they had undercover cops doing this sort of thing. And the woman said, why, did you let someone do that to you? Now I'm sure this would be handled differently today, but this was in 1973. I hung up the phone and my girlfriend and I made a pact to never tell any adults because we felt so ashamed and embarrassed like we should have known better, but we didn't know better. We were innocent, naive girls. So I never really dealt with it much. In the next year, I slowly started using alcohol and marijuana and later pills with my friends. The drug use escalated and I was a daily user by 11th grade. 
It was getting out of control and very scary. I heard there was a girl at school, at my school, Notre Dame Academy, who was going to a big prayer meeting with a lot of teenagers called the Gospel House. I asked her if I could go. She immediately wrote me a letter explaining how much Jesus loved me. He wanted to be my best friend. She quoted 2 Corinthians 6, 2. Today is the acceptable day of salvation. And Hebrews 3.15, if today you hear my voice, harden not your hearts. This really spoke to me. I knelt down in my bedroom that night and asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior and to forgive my sins. Jesus dramatically turned my life around. He gave me the strength to stop using drugs, and he gave me a new hope and a new life in him. I got married to a wonderful man named Tim. We were 19 and 22. We had three sons soon after. Life was good but stressful. Again, sweets were there as my comfort food. I went on numerous diets over the years, and my weight went up and down like a yo-yo. It was impossible for me to stay away from sweets no matter how hard I tried. My weight went up to a very unhealthy place and I was developing health problems as a result, especially with my knees. I was so happy to hear Friends Church was starting a Christian 12-step program. I had been involved in a secular 12-step group years ago and I learned a lot from it, but couldn't comfortably talk about Jesus or scripture there. Celebrate Recovery has helped identify my struggles and God has helped me have control with my overeating, anxiety, and codependency, and especially with sugar. With Jesus' help, I have not eaten sweets for 20 months now. Thank you. I've come to appreciate this thorn in my flesh, though I don't like it, because I do really love sweets. This struggle has drawn me into a closer dependency and relationship with Christ. I need to pray and stay connected with him daily to continue in my recovery. I found it true, as it says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I now facilitate the women's food group and have been through one step study and am currently co-leading another. In the step studies, we look at those we need to ask forgiveness from and those we need to forgive. I had never thought about forgiving the fake officer. We learn that if we hang on to unforgiveness, it continues to affect us and that God asks us to forgive others. So I wrote this man a letter and said, I don't know what, what drove him to do this. Maybe he was hurt as a child. I know that hurt people hurt people. Um, I forgave him and told him I know that Jesus loves him very much and I hoped that he would come to know Jesus before he left this earth. Now, I had no way of getting this to him because I have no idea where he is, but writing it definitely helped me. It doesn't excuse the harm he did, but I feel a peace and freedom that I hadn't before. And just to be clear, if I knew how to get a hold of him, I would make sure that the authorities put him in a safe place where he couldn't hurt other people, and I'd forgive him. Is my life perfect now? Of course not. There are still struggles, and some days are better than others, but I'm in a much better place physically, mentally, emotionally, and most importantly, spiritually, 
than I have ever been. Praise be to God. I love my beautiful Sierra family. They are beautiful people, but their true beauty is on the inside. Acknowledging their struggles and hurts and looking to Jesus for strength and healing, peace and freedom. In CR, we aren't counselors, therapists, or psychologists. We don't try to fix each other or even give advice. We're here to support and encourage one another on a journey to healing and wholeness through Jesus Christ. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Hi, my name is Tricia, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I am finding victory over heroin and opiate addiction. I am still working on codependency and other hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Um, my favorite verse is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which helped me get to where I am today. I was a heroin addict and did whatever it took to get it. I manipulated, I lied, and I hurt my loved ones. I was in the lowest point in my life, and it brought me to my knees. I started doing drugs at the age of 13. By the time I was 16, I had turned to acid and cocaine. By the time I was 23, I was saved and able to stop it all. I lived a great life until I met my ex-husband, who was bad news. He abused me emotionally, physically, and sexually. I ended up very sick and had to start chemotherapy which is when my life turned upside down. I ended up, as, I ended up on as many opiate pills as you could think of due to, my, to, due to my 24 surgeries, 14 procedures, and over one and a half years chemo. My doctors prescribed me over 275 Percocets a month and ended up addicted when they cut me off with no warning. At that time, I had my first withdrawal. I then turned to heroin. I was addicted to something I never thought I would ever be. I tried AA, but nothing worked, and eventually ended in rehab. After that, I went to celebrate recovery, where life was about to change for me, for the better. Jesus loved me that much to bring me to celebrate recovery. Celebrate recovery will change your life forever, because Jesus loves us that much to save us. I realized that there was more to celebrate recovery than that die. I realized I had more than a heroin addiction. I also had codependency problem. Codependency caused me to fail to set good boundaries and to try to step in and try to solve other people's problems. I am working on that now. He made celebrate recovery just for you and I, and I and it saved my life. I am now 16 months sober and living a grateful life. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm living a great life now. Thank you to Jesus and everyone else. God bless you. Uh, good morning. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. He's my higher power and Lord and Savior. He has helped me overcome an addiction to pornography, and he's working with me on other issues, uh, selfishness, resentments, anger, manipulation. However, I'm getting better a day at a time, and I'm Marlo. <laughs> Approximately seven years ago, I had a crisis in my life where I had a physical, emotional, and spiritual meltdown. 
that caused great fear and depression. The shame and guilt of pornography plus destructive attitudes put my life into a spiral of deep darkness. My resentments and selfishness manifested it against my wife. I didn't know what to do to overcome my addiction because I tried to stop for many years on my own. I didn't have the power to stop. At the lowest point in my life, I decided I needed help. So I was willing to do anything to get better from my hangups and reclaim my marriage. I started recovery meetings six years ago. From day one, I knew it was the right place to be. I could not believe the honesty in sharing and it was impacting my thinking. I realized I was not alone with my addiction. It was the bonding fellowship of other men that encouraged me to get better one day at a time. I wanted to renew my marriage, my relationship with my kids, my friends, but most important, I wanted to repair my disconnect with Jesus. Approximately three years ago, I started to come to a 12-step recovery group here at Willoughby Hills Friends, and then it eventually became Celebrate Recovery. At CR, I learned the tools I needed to cope with life terms on a daily basis. Life isn't always easy, but by surrendering to Jesus gives me a daily reprieve. I have been sober from lust for five years. So you may ask, how did I do it? I didn't. Jesus did. CR gives me hope, insight, wisdom, grace, joy, love, and peace. I'm blessed at every meeting. I always get something positive out of meetings. CR is a gift from God, which always speaks the truth, recovery of the 12 steps. Truth never changes because it's God's truth. I would love to invite everyone here today to think about yourself. If you are personally, if you would like to personally to see changes in your life that are not pleasing to you or God, God can if you are willing. Don't give up before the miracle happens. Receive the gift of CR. God bless. So there's a reason why we share all of this with you, um, and it's not to highlight an important and uh, really amazing ministry. A couple, several years ago, we were, my wife and I were living uh, at a house uh, not too far away from here, and at this house, we had a burner go out on the, on the stove. And, you know, I'm not the handiest of men, And so um, we just sort of let it go. And we let it go, and we let it go, you know, because there's three other burners on the stove we can use. So we worked around this burner that was was out on the stove. And over time, we just kind of got 
kind of got used to it. And over time, we really forgot that there was a broken burner there in the first place. That's kind of like how we are with our own brokenness, with our own hurts, habits, hang-ups. Sometimes we sanitize them or we normalize our issues to the extent where we just accept it as life. We just accept it for what it is. We say, oh, it is what it is. That's normal life for me. That's a, a day in the life of, of myself. And yet I want to say to you, and I'm hoping that these testimonies also gave you a different voice in the midst of your brokenness, that God wants something so much better than to normalize the brokenness that we live out or the dysfunction that we have or maybe even the addictions that we carry. God wants so much more for you as an individual. He wants to shape and mold you and create in you something new and something that looks more like Jesus. And he wants to do it not to you but with you, alongside with you, in relationship with you. And so I hope that you've heard this message and that you would consider the hurts and the habits and the hang-ups that, that all of you carry. So it's been about six months now for me as I've been sort of the staff presence uh, at Celebrate Recovery. And it was a little difficult for me because here I am a pastor and, you know, a pastor doesn't get up on stage and air his dirty laundry. You know what I mean? And so I was a little cautious, wondering, you know, what, how am I going to be my true self in the midst of, uh, of this community? And then the Lord really started to speak to me and really speak to my heart and began to show things that I had neglected and considered part of normal life. Some issues of self-control, things that had mastery over me, things that I just had accepted. And so I decided to make a plan and and that the, the measure of which I'd keep that plan would be um, my sobriety. And so on that first day of making that plan, I grabbed a, a blue chip. And just here at the end of around Christmas time, I picked up a yellow chip, which is the six-month chip of my, of my plan. And I say all this to, to say that, um, you know, even a pastor can come before a group of people and say, you know what, I'm going to be my real self and I'm going to journey through this with all of you and we're going to be in this, be in this together and we're going to let Jesus get into every nook and cranny of our hearts and lives and do his transforming work so that we can all grow in him. And so that's my, my prayer and my invitation for each of you. What would be the one thing if you would hear God speak to you here this morning, what would be the one thing that God would say, I want to get into that. I want to get into that hurt. I want to get into that habit. I want to get into that hang up. I want to get into that thing. And I want to bring healing. I want to get into that habit. I want to, I want to release you of it. I want to get into that hang up and I want to show you a different way and remind you that you're loved. What would be that one thing that God would speak to you about here this morning. One of my favorite parts of our Celebrate Recovery ministry on Monday nights, starting at 6.30, is our chip presentation. And Scott, wave your hand. Scott is um, our chip presenter, and he does our chip presentations with enthusiasm and gusto every single week. 
And it is a celebration. And it begins with blue chips. Does anyone have something they want to surrender? It's simply it. There's no questions asked. There's no follow-up. It's really between us and the Lord. But simply an invitation. Would you come forward and would you grab a blue chip as a symbol of your surrender? So, you might notice that we have several hundred blue chips here this morning. Knowing that God is doing his sanctifying work in you, knowing that you have issues, okay, if you haven't faced that by now, I wonder, would today be a day where you'd grab a blue chip? Would this be a day where you'd grab a blue chip in the symbol of your surrender between you and God, take it home with you, We'd love it if you brought it with you tomorrow night at 6.30. But this would be the beginning day. This would be the beginning step for you to surrender, whatever that would be, whatever God would speak into your heart about. Surrender it this day and let God do his work in you. Would today be the day? I'm gonna bring these down and come forward and grab a chip as God leads you. said earlier, it's great to start off a new year celebrating the transforming work of God and His Spirit, the Holy Spirit in our lives. I hope this morning you've been challenged.
that you've uh, seen examples of what God can do. And we've seen it again and again and again. And we know and we anticipate what he's going to do in 2020. I encourage you, in case you haven't caught on yet, we have Celebrate Recovery here at French Church. 6.30 tomorrow night, you're welcome to be here. We'd love to have you join us in our journey together. And uh, thanks so much for Wayne P., who I think is at the other end of the building right now in one of his groups, but uh, he is our director of our Celebrate Recovery. Uh, for his, Oh, no, there you are. There's Wayne P. and Eric M., who has stepped in as a staff presence over the last six months and just brought renewed energy to those who have shared with us today, to your leadership team, all of those who, who work so hard. Thank you so much, and we appreciate that. Oh, I do also, in closing, want to mention to you uh, that uh, you might have noticed the tables out in the lobby. This is the beginning of our winter a term of group life. And we are really excited because starting in two weeks, we're going to journey together in an all-church study called Ageless God, Modern Message. Uh, what is God saying to you? Because we believe that God still does speak to us today. And we're going to learn to do that and, and learn to get, draw closer in our relationship with him through his word, through prayer. And uh, it's a, it's, it should be a fascinating, exciting, and a beneficial journey together. Uh, this uh, Group Life brochure is out there. The three tables against the wall uh, here to the south, all of those classes, all through the week, some at home, some here, will be joining us in our study. We are going to be doing this by walking through the book of John uh, very, very slowly over the next 11 weeks, starting on the 19th, uh, very carefully, and preaching from the book of John, studying it, praying it, learning together how to hear God speak. So uh, I encourage you to sign up for that. Now, at the other white table in the back is a, is a, bro is a booklet. It's a, it's a uh, work, workbook, Pray Scripture. Uh, this Pray Scripture is what we are using to help us walk through. It's, it's almost like a, it's not a manual, it's, it's a, but it's a helpful book as we walk through this. This was written by Pastor Stan Hinshaw. He's the lead pastor at Canton Evangelical First Friends Church and uh, a very good friend of ours. He wrote this, published it. It's something that his church has gone through and, and loved as they went through and learned how to really draw close to God through prayer and scripture. So looking forward to join that. Those are $8 a piece. Be on sale for the next couple weeks back there and uh, credit cards are taken so you can stop as, and pick up those. Thanks so much for that. And then there's one more table in the corner back there that some of the classes that are, um, or, or group life that are going on, they're in here too, that aren't necessarily part of the study, our Financial Peace University, Grief Share, uh, all of the things that are going on with our one plus one premarital class and, and another women's study. So encourage you to stop by there too if you would like to be involved in those. But uh, whatever you do as you go out this week, uh, think about uh, what's God calling you? What has God pointed out to you today? What have you surrendered to him today? And anticipate what God is going to do in 2020. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? Lord, we are grateful for your work in our lives that does not stop when we come to you as Savior.
but you continue to reveal to us, Lord. You continue to ask us to cast off and to take on and put on. And Lord, I pray that as this morning that has been um, so revealed to us so plainly, Lord, that you would help us in our commitments. Help us in our striving to become more and more like you and in our, in our efforts, Lord, to allow your Holy Spirit to come in and to transform us, to change us, to bring us closer to you in the relationship that's closer to you. Lord, as we go out this week, help us to be, be true to our commitment. Lord, bring to, bring to mind what we heard this morning and what we committed to you. Give us strength. Give us the power through your spirit. Give us courage to walk in what we know and what you've revealed. And Lord, help us to bring a little bit of that light into the dark world that we go. The world of home, the world of school, the world of work, wherever that may be. May Jesus Christ be lifted up. May he be praised and receive all the glory. For it's in strong name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.